The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, an amazing story played out in a local courtroom recently where an Edmonton man was called to the bar. And you're saying, okay, well, what's so big about that? What's so, you know, special or interesting about that? Well, what's amazing is Wade Brown is blind and paralyzed. It is believed that he is the first ever blind and paralyzed lawyer in Canada. Wade joins us now. Welcome to the show, Wade. Hi, Jalen. Thanks so much for, for reaching out and uh, and talking about my story. I really appreciate so, you and all the folks there at 630 Chess. It's an amazing story. And first off, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> you know what? During the ceremony, uh, Justice uh, Douglas Moss said, uh, I think the quote was, I can barely contemplate even for one minute how you cope with your challenges, yet you've accepted them and you've overcome them. Let's talk about those just a little bit. You were born with a visual impairment, but by 15, your vision was gone. Uh, what got through, what what may, how, what helps you get through all of that time? I mean, if you're born with a visual impairment, that is something that you just always knew. But then when you lost your eyes, site completely how tough was that for you oh it was extremely difficult uh because well so the one i guess one thing is uh when i was actually born and had partial vision the doctors seemingly knew at that time or at least they told my parents you know they had a very strong suspicion that by the time i was a teenager that i would be totally blind so they mm. they did tell them that. So we kind of knew it was coming, uh, but at the same time, it was very very difficult. When you have some vision, even though it was very limited, I had a very uh, it was extremely nearsighted. I needed extreme magnification to read read text. Uh, I could uh, I could walk around uh, you know shopping malls, um, playgrounds, school, and things like that. But it was much, much easier if I had someone to visually follow that was, say, a meter or so away. Uh, and when you go from that kind of a life to having uh, no vision, you start, you start to think, man, I'm really relying on, on other people. Uh, I, you know, I can't read. The, the amount of stuff available in Braille is extremely limited at that time. The computer technology that I use now on a daily basis just wasn't available. Uh, and you start to think, I am such a, a, a drain, or I'm mm. really using the people around me to such an extreme extent that what can I possibly give back that makes it worth their while? And you start really questioning your own value. Wait, wait how does one prepare to, for the eventual loss of their eyesight? You know, it was limited, as you said. You knew that at one point it would be completely gone. How do you wrap your head around that? Uh, a lot of denial, a healthy, yeah. <laughs> healthy version of denial. You just say, "Oh, maybe, maybe it'll miss me. Who knows?" I mean, that was 1983 talking. What's you know, what's going on? I'll just, I'll just make the most of it and experience everything, everything I can, and try to live as naturally and you know, quote normally as mm-hmm. I can, and just hope it uh, doesn't get me in the end. And, <laughs> because uh, those doctors at that time said he'll be blind by the time he's 10 to 12. Wow. And in reality, it was 15. So okay. that, you know, I got, I bought a few extra years there, but there's not a whole lot that you can really just do to prepare because it's such a, a, a you know, a blow that you're preparing for. 
Yeah. So you, when we've been talking about this a little bit on, on the show today about, uh, did you know the job that you wanted to have and you've been in it for a long time? Did you know that you always wanted to do this and are you still doing it? And for you, you have said that you'd always wanted to go to university, right? Yes, always wanted to go to university. Uh, but that being said, I had no idea what I wanted to do as an ultimate job. I just knew that I loved school. So I loved learning. I loved reading. I loved uh, you know, meeting all the other other students and being taught, and I just I love learning, and I still do. Uh, and now, thanks to things like TED Talks and YouTube and, yeah. and awesome books and stuff, I can continue that. But I had no idea uh, when I got to university. It was like, well, I may I started out in psychology, and so I thought, well, I may as well either try to go be a professor or a clinical therapist. Uh, and then I ended up uh, not getting into grad school. And so I, at that time, I was actually talking with another visually impaired uh, person, a good friend of mine in Montreal over Skype. And she said, oh, you should really consider law school. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a wonderful profession and you can do all kinds of amazing things. And I said, oh, what are you talking about? Lawyers are a bunch of dirtbags. They're a bunch of scum. I don't want to be one of those losers. And so I, and she said, well, you know, I really encourage you to check it out. And so I started looking at the websites for various different uh, law schools. And I saw all the things that lawyers do that are not criminal law, you know, social mm-hmm. justice and civil law and immigration and tax and all these things. And it just really piqued my interest. And so that's when I started preparing for law school. And I'm thinking to myself, Wade, my goodness, that's a ton of of, of reading. There's a ton of uh, book work. There's a ton of, of just, you know, amount to process. How did you do that? Yeah, so one... So one thing I'm very good at because of tech, and this is one area where the technology has really given me a boost, and arguably it's a boost that put me ahead of some of my, my colleagues and peers, is that I, uh, at that time, I used a, well, I still use it, actually. It's a computer software called JAWS, which means Job Access with Speech. Okay. And it uh, allows your computer to speak with a voice that's very, very similar to Stephen Hawking's uh, speech synthesizer. It's, a, it's more clear than his, but it's a very similar uh, kind of thing. And it can read websites, emails, spreadsheets, Word documents, just anything you can throw at it. It's a very, very excellent piece of software. And But the thing on a lot of blind people do this is, you know, you start using it when you're young or a teenager, and then slowly over time, you think, oh, this is voice, this voice is reading very slowly. I'll just turn up the speed. And so you, you up it a bit and up it a bit. And then you, when you're, say, you're learning to navigate websites or you want your reading documents, but you can only read, in many cases, top to bottom. You can't glance and skim around like visual readers do. So you just learn to turn up the speed and turn up the speed. And so, like, my leisurely reading speed with this software is about 300 words a minute. Wow. And I'd say when I was sort of younger and just doing it, uh, trying to get faster and faster, 400 and or plus was very normal. And then I've, I have met several blind people who are have their software set to five, six, seven hundred words a minute just because they can. <sighs> and so I can read extremely quickly. Uh, and so that's one way you learn to, to sort of get the information into your head. Uh, and then uh, if you saw the piece on on, yeah. uh, on Global, I discussed my memory a little bit. And just the way 
you know, I, I didn't realize, and again, until I was basically an adult, that my way that I memorize things is is quite a bit different than most people. Whereas I come up with these abstract images of of shapes and colors and connections, and uh, uh, you know, the, when I, when I make a list, I can sort of come, you know, I've memorize five or ten things and then okay i'll compartmentalize that in my mind under this color this you know these first ten items that's purple and these next ten items that's yellow or these next ten items that's you know a, a christmas tree or something you know yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just so weird so, and it works and then when you just have to call it you just it, it comes back up under that yeah you just you just i just think of it and then i mean you know it expands oh. back out and I mean, generally, like, I, I, I mean, I definitely don't have eidetic or photographic memory or it's, you know, definitely not 100%. I was not a top student in law school. <laughs> I was just sort of in the pack, but I was, I put in enough work that I got good, solid marks. Yeah. Well, good for you. And things were going along tickety-boo. You finished your degree in 2006. You were offered an articling position in June of 2017. But that following April, my gosh, you almost died. What happened? <laughs> Yeah, and it was very interesting because I was actually getting an assessment for for health insurance about three days before my injury, and the guy took my blood pressure and he said, "Your blood pressure is unusually high. It's mm. like one sixty over one ten. And he said, "Have you ever had problems before?" And I said, "Well, no. You know, I've had uh, my whole life. It's been you know on the high side of normal, but that was always like one thirty over eighty five or something. Just sort of not really high enough to worry about, but just sort of higher than the average and." And I never had any problems. And he said, "Well, you know, maybe you ought to get that checked out." And so I was, I was, I was like, "Okay, you know, in the next few days or with a week or so, I'll go, go to my doctor and I'll, I'll get a checkup and I'll discuss that with him." And then all of a sudden, it was the morning of uh, April twentieth, and I was about five a.m. and I was lying in bed and I was like, "Well, I had woken up and I said, I don't." I thought to myself, "I don't want to get up yet. It's only five in the morning." Yeah. So. I lied there for a bit, and then just suddenly, just wham, you know, I just felt this, this huge pain in my chest. It, just, it was a mind-blowing pain. I literally went from, you know, thinking about something to not being able to hold the thought in my wow. mind. It was just so intense. And uh, so then I, I, I got up, and I, uh, I went to the washroom, and I you know, washed my face and everything and just tried to settle down. Uh, and I was sitting, uh, sitting on the toilet actually, and I tried to stand up, and and it just didn't work. Um, so I had to use my arms to push off the counter, and I threw myself to the floor, and I dragged myself across my apartment and called nine one one. And then they were there with. I live right downtown next to Rogers Place, so they were there within five or ten minutes. You're you're uh, a order split. Yes, that's, like that's... exactly. <laughs> yeah. The... <laughs> So what happened was, yeah, so this happened. It was, it's a, a, apparently, we, I'm still waiting for confirmation on this part, but it looks like I have a connective tissue disorder. So my, my arteries might not be as, as strong or robust or flexible as, as mo- most people's as normal. And so, yeah, my aorta split open, you know, like the, there are three layers in, in your uh, vascular tissue. So it split open like an onion and then split open lengthwise. And uh, and so that caused internal bleeding, and because of that, uh, 
oxygen wasn't going to my spine, and that's where the that's why I wasn't able to stand up. And so when that happened, you know, I I had a, like I did I didn't know what happened until I woke up after the surgery, but I had a strong feeling that I would have a even when I was calling nine one one, I had a strong feeling like oh this is going to be a long road to mm-hmm. recovery, and mm-hmm. I was right. And and you yeah, so now you're you're uh, you're paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah, by the stomach down. By the stomach yeah. down, um, but you didn't. You, you didn't. You didn't give up. I mean, uh, you were struck with another blow. You you fought through that. Um, you didn't give up. You finished your articling um, at uh, is it Masuk Law? Masuk yeah. Law. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you've been called to the bar. This is amazing. The challenges. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. Well, is it just you, Wade? I mean, there's a lot of people <laughs> sitting there going, "Wow." I mean, a lot of people would have wanted to have given up a, a long time ago, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. No, I I definitely didn't. That's not really that's not really a part of my my makeup. You know, it's uh, uh, giving up because, and I think part of it is just the lessons I learned when I was. When I was going blind, it's I've always had this fantastic core of friends and family that have always been around me. Always been, you know, when I uh, when I was in the hospital, I had you know, I like I was I was not able to really see people in the first few days yeah. because I was not only weak as a kitten but also half loopy with all the stuff I was on. <laughs> I my delusions were legendary, and. Uh, but with you know, within days, people were were pounding down the door at ICU, and I just had visitor after visitor, and and cards and flowers and fruit baskets and the whole thing. And I just had so many people from my schooling, my choir, people who knew me growing up coming by. I uh, I was I was just I, I couldn't believe it. You know, it was the amount of support I was getting from my my close friends and family really uh, just allowed me to. Well, that's what, you know, in part allowed me to realize what value people uh, have for me in their lives and, and how they value our, our time together. Um, but it, it also just gave me more and more and more of a reason to to keep getting better um, because the, the road was very long, very up and down. I spent three weeks in the ICU and three months in uh, the U of A hospital and four months at the Glenrose. And I just yeah. got... Uh, you know, progressively stronger, but it was very, very difficult. There were some some days when I just, you know, you can hardly roll over just because you're so you feel so weak and you're Wait, undernourished or your whatever. Fam- your family and your friends must be so very proud of you. Yeah, they're <laughs> uh, they are absolutely. Um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because people people are, I, you know, and I've had this comment many, many times. They're they're proud of me. They're inspired. All mm. these. All these things, but it, it's so strange to not strange, but it's so interesting to me sometimes that so many people are uplifted by my story because for me it's it's my life, right? Yeah. It's it's what I'm just doing. I, I I wake up, I do the things that I want to do, and then I go back to bed again, and it's uh, uh, it's it just seems so natural how you know one thing led led to the next, and I feel like well I you know I couldn't have done anything else because this is the way my life played out mm-hmm. and these are the interests I yeah. have and this is the, the temperament and the personality that I have and I just can't see myself doing anything else because even then when I you know it's amazing when I when I do have a, a down moment or a, a day that's difficult or when I have a setback uh, I'm 
I just have to think about all the support I have, all the things that I have. I live in Canada, a very wonderful country with all these fancy futuristic medical things. <laughs> I have awesome friends who I enjoy speaking with for hours and hours and hours. I have all the books I could ever want to read. I have well, good food to eat, clean air to breathe, you know, all these. You, just, you just sit back and think, right? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I know you might not think it's uh, it's amazing, but I know that there's a lot of folks out there that do. I know it's your life and what an amazing life, an interesting life, and um, a, a life um, that has been lived with with strength and, and courage. And I congratulate you on uh, being called to the bar, and I congratulate you on this future that you have uh, ahead of you at Masuk Law, and I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon. Once again, congratulations. Well, thank you so much for letting me share share more of my story, and if, uh, if anyone's uplifted by, by my words, then I think it was, all, it was all worth it. I look forward to meeting you in person sometime. Yeah, you too, Jalen. Take care. That's Wade Brown, is believed to be the first ever blind and paralyzed lawyer in Canada.